Come join us in person. Sunday school service begins at 9 a.m. with worship service starting at 10 a.m. We also have Wednesday Bible study at noon and 6.30 p.m. We are located at 248 Tournament Drive, Concord, North Carolina, 28025. Our phone number is 704-786-1215. We would love for you to join us in person. God bless. singing praises to God and thanking the Lord for our musician amen and her gift so beautifully given unto the Lord we pay honor unto Jesus Christ my personal Savior first and foremost uh, we acknowledge and honor our pastor Pastor Edward Holloway I think it's appropriate that we get on our feet and give him a hand of praise on today. Amen. Amen. Truly a servant who has set a great example um, of how we should be humble in our Christian walk. Amen. Um, I greet each and every singer citizen here today. God bless you for being the foundation and working so diligently through the years that we might have a blessed place to come and to worship. Amen. Amen. While I'm here and standing, I want to acknowledge my wife, Sister Barbara Ann. Um, thanking God for my co-laborer. Amen. To the leadership and each and every member in the body of Christ, we greet you on this morning. Um, we do thank Pastor Holloway for this blessed opportunity to proclaim the good news of the gospel on this morning. I want to turn uh, your attention, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you would please turn there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I will read into your hearing verses 12 through 22. Just say amen when you get there. Amen. Thanking the Lord today to see my sister here. Amen. amen. You, you have to kind of know her. She'll be singing that song 
calling me up, talking about, welcome, welcome. <laughs> she just lit up back then. I said, oh, no. Wrong person to give that song to. Yeah, yeah, bless you. <laughs> Amen. I have to tell her, listen, I ain't got no time for you today. <laughs> amen. To God be the glory. When you get there, if you say amen. I'm going to pick up at the 12th verse, and it reads uh, in the 5th uh, chapter, um, the Apostle Paul is giving some final instructions uh, to the church at Thessalonica. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Verse 22 Abstain from all appearance of evil. Amen. Amen. I just read into you here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12 through 22. God's word is truly blessed. Uh, I want to put a focus on verse 16 through 18 as our teaching text. It is short yet powerful and it reads, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In everything, say everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Please bow your heads. Father, which art in heaven, we thank you uh, for this blessed opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. Um, the word of God, which you have died, that we may have this blessed opportunity. The word which comforts us uh, during our trials and our tribulations of life. We thank you, Lord, for many times we fall short in a lot of areas, but thy grace and thy mercy has held us. And we thank you for working on us and in continuation, um, that we continue to confess that we have not yet made it. Um, but the spirit that dwelleth in us, God, is bringing conviction, bringing instructions in our lives. God, we ask to continue blessing upon our pastor here. Um, God, even though he might be sitting in a sense to take a risk, he is preparing to continue to minister unto his sheep. You are a good and you are a just God. For that we give you honor and we give you praise. Let us come in agreement this morning and say amen. amen. And amen again. Amen. God be the glory. As a thought on this morning, I would like to use rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Amen. amen. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Um, this morning, um, Lord willing, I would like to teach in three um, different areas of focus this morning, those three areas. Um, area number one is we live in a world where there seems to be no reason to rejoice. There's a lot of things going on. Um, there's a lot of things that can sap your joy. 
Um, there's a lot of things that can bring depression in your lives. Um, when you look out over the condition of the world, um, it, it can hurt your heart. It can literally break your heart. Some things you see within your own structure, within your own family, within your own self. And other things you witness and you see outward. There is now open corruption in our society. And that open corruption that we're witnessing is at an all-time high. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, it amazes me how um, there's corruption in the Boy Scouts. Corruption in the Girl Scouts. Yeah. Um, you know, embezzlement of cookie money. And then you go from there, we find that there's a lot of corruption now in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's sad because many people say, well, I don't go to church because everybody in church is crooks and they're doing this. And the men and women of the gospel are just doing any and everything. You have to remind people sometimes um, that we are sick people who are trying to remain well under the hand of God. But yet God's church is not corrupt in its nature, it's those that are within it um, who make a decision to allow Satan to enter into them, just as it was with Judas. And even now in our governmental systems that govern us, that we are called to be obedient to, uh, we're seeing uh, corruption in city, county government all the way up unto the White House. That kind of sometimes can just take the joy out of your life. But I'm reminded of the things that our Lord Jesus Christ had taught us. He said, I tell you these things, that your joy might be full. So irregard of what's going on in the world system, we must know that God still sits on his throne. Yeah. And that God still sits high and he looks low. He knows everything that's going on. Yeah. And in his season, in the proper season, when God ordains it, God will return at his second advent, at his second coming. And God shall bring restoration, justice, and order to a corrupt society. Can I get a witness? And we're finding now that there's a great increase in crime that has imprisoned many people in their homes. You, you got to kind of pay attention to how things real subtly begin to happen. If you look now, uh, you go get a library card, you come to find out, they say, listen, there's no need for you to come to the library anymore. You can just stay in your home and go online. I never thought I'd live to see the time where you would order food and a man would bring that you don't even know. Would bring food to your home. But that's the kind of society that we're living in. Now. We're, we're afraid to even let our children go to school. And so those that are able and set up to do so are now homeschooling their children. We've gotten away from prayer time where when our children would leave, we would pray over them that they'd be covered in the blood of the Lamb. Because you just don't know what evil is lurking now in the school system. Every time you turn that TV on, some child has destroyed and has killed other people over some kind of issue that they have within themselves. I come by today to tell you that the devil is rising at an all-time high, but victory, victory is still ours in Jesus Christ. I know what it looked like 
sometime, but the word of God tells me what it is. We're not only victory, but we are, we are more than conquerors. Greater is he that abides inside of me than he that is in the world. Amen. Random home invasions have caused a reorganization of neighborhood watch. They kind of phased out, but now neighbors are coming together and say, I'm afraid to go outside my house. It seems like every time I turn around, somebody's breaking in the neighbor's house. Somebody robbed and beat up a senior citizen. The enemy is getting real crazy right about now, and you see an increase in doorbell cameras, security systems, guard dogs. And now, like never before, they say that it's a record number of senior citizens and women who are going downtown and getting a gun permit because they're tired of people doing things and breaking in their houses. And they made a decision that they're going to protect themselves. Amen. The second area, many Christians have come to believe that prayer is useless. They come to believe now that prayer seems to be a waste of time. Well, you, you don't got discouraged when you stop praying. Because when I stop praying, what I am saying is, God, I don't believe. God, I don't believe that you can do the very thing in which I'm unable to do. But the record lets us know that when we commune with God, when we talk with God, when we pray with God, the Bible says that when we pray in God's will, not only does God hear us, but it says that we have the petitions on which we pray. Somewhere on this Christian journey, we got to walk by faith and not by sight. Somewhere along the journey, we got to just pray because God said to pray. And when we pray, we got to get up from the prayer position and say, God, I just want to thank you for what you're going to do. God, I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. But God, I consider it done in the name of Jesus, the Christ. Amen. Several years ago, there was a survey that was conducted. And they petitioned churches across denominational walls. And they posed the question, they said, how much time do you spend in prayer? And amazingly, it came back and, and pastors said that they pray an average of three minutes a day. <laughs> Pastor Holloway, thank God for you. Because I know better than that. Three minutes a day. So then they said unto the lay people, how many, how long do you pray? And they said an average of one minute per day. Can I propose something to you? What if the saints of God got together and decided to pray? Oh, y'all ain't with me in here today. And said, I'm not going to pray for three minutes, but I'm going to pray however long necessary. Somebody said back in the day, I heard a man say, listen, I remember coming up with my mom and my grandma. They used to pray until something began to happen. Oh, somebody ought to give God some praise in this place. We have slowly slipped into what I like to term as lazy prayer. Lazy prayer is when you sit down to break bread and you start eating before you pray. And then when you come to your senses, you say, Lord, thank you for my food. And, and when you lie down at night, you get in the bed, you stretch out. And you forget to pray. But while you're laying in the bed, you can't make yourself. Not you, maybe me. 
can't make yourself get out of the bed and get down on your knees to acknowledge, God, you're worthy for me to get down because it was you who fed me yesterday. It was you who clothed me in my right mind. It was you who shielded and protected my children. It was you who watched over my house. But we established a lazy prayer. When was the last time we sat down at the table to break bread and said, no longer will we allow somebody to go watch the TV? No longer can Johnny go upstairs and play his game while he watches TV. But we made a decision that the family that prays together stays together. And we broke bread together at the table. And we stayed there until everybody got finished. Lazy prayer. Just taking a shortcut. It's something about that TV that's evil. But I declare, I declare sometime when it comes time to sitting down together and praying, you got to cut that TV off. And I want to suggest we have to cut our phones off. There's something about breaking bread at the table and having the phone and reading text. Oh, my Lord, my God. Sometimes you got to set some other things aside so that we don't get distracted. Hallelujah. Luke 6 and 12 says, And it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out into the mountain to pray. And continue all night in prayer. You know, sometimes you got to make some decisions. And decision answers don't come easy. But I like it here. It said Jesus went out. Sometimes you got to leave folk behind. Sometimes you got to leave the ruckus of this world system, the traffic, the chaos, and the noise, and you've got to store away by yourself. But Jesus left one place and went to another for a sole purpose, to pray and get connected with the Heavenly Father. There is a difference in just praying, and there's a prayer that you get connected. See, that's why you say, I'm trying to look for somebody to pray for me that can get a word on high. Can I get a witness? In Acts 16, in verse 16, in the portion A of that text, it's talking about Paul and Silas. And it says, and it came to pass as we went, Paul and Silas went to prayer. We. Do you have a prayer partner? You have anybody you trust that you can call up and say, can you come and agree with me? That we can pray about this situation? We spend a lot of time talking about people. We spend a lot of time talking sometimes about the problems we have in our houses. But I tell you what, how much time are we spending in prayer? I want to suggest something for Eric. When somebody come and want to talk about somebody, I'm going to say, let's join hands and pray for them. That's how you get rid of people with foolishness and chaos. Because, because anybody that, that's trying to sow discord and foolishness, they don't want to pray. But for those who are really concerned about the condition that's going on, and here's the problem anyway, we all got problems. Amen. Let me say that again. We all got problems and we all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. But what if we make a decision to pray for one another? And the third area, be thankful has be, been replaced by ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Being thankful has been replaced by being ungrateful. Romans 1 and 21 says, 
because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, meaning they didn't glorify him for being creator and Lord over their lives. Neither were thankful. In the Greek, that translate the word thankful, uh, ungrateful. Amen? Instead of that, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Second Timothy chapter 3, a supporting scripture, verse 1 through 2 reads, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Last days, right about the time when Jesus is getting ready to show back up. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Isn't it amazing how we lack compassion? Mm. That's a good place for me to stop, just for one moment. My father-in-law is uh, what you call a fall risk. He's subject to fall. He's elderly. He's 88 years old. He served the gospel for 40 years, pastor for 40 years. And, you know, sometimes when you can walk good, you got a tendency to don't help people who can't walk. <laughs> sometimes we want to help somebody at the grocery store who is struggling, an elderly person who is struggling, trying to get groceries in their car. Why? We're walking good and we're rushing. We don't need have time many times to help anybody. So this morning before we came to the house of the Lord, I was in my office studying. And he opened up his bedroom door and I said, sir, what do you need? By the time I said that, he had reached down to pick up something and I saw him falling. And I couldn't do anything to help him, so he fell. Fortunately, it wasn't a major issue. But, you know, sometimes as you get old, it don't take but a small fall. Hallelujah. But the reason I tell you that is that me and Barbara had already been talking to him about make sure you call somebody and said, Daddy, she said, Daddy, it's very easy for us to fall. Amen. 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 Sometimes you just kind of miss a step and get misdirected. So when I came here today and I went downstairs, hallelujah, Pastor Holloway was sitting at the desk. I came in as normal, greeted the pastor. We started to have a few words. Instead of me sit down somewhere, I decided to be nosy. So I got up and decided to walk over his corridor and start to read over there, right? But what I didn't know is it was a half a step up. <laughs> oh, I got to laugh about it now. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with us anyway. Why are we laughing at people when they fall? <laughs> I don't understand. We jump up and want to look around and see anybody looking. <laughs> I don't know. That's the sin nature. So instead of me sit down and, uh, and, and read through my notes, I started to walk it. And when I got to that step, of course, my foot hooked it. And how my head, sir, didn't go into that. <laughs> he couldn't help me. I just started stumbling and hit it. But praise God, I got enough reflexes left, but I may not have them tomorrow. But I thank God <laughs> I had enough reflex to get my foot back down. I still hit it. The, the piece on top fell. When it fell, I reached out, grabbed it. it. Hit my hand like it was like it was a ball. Bounced back in there, and I'm just trying to catch myself and, and catch it. I said, I know I ain't going to be able to find another one like it. And so I was telling Pastor Holloway, I said, we were just talking about my father-in-law 
falling. So what I want to say in, in, that, in that whole thing is, you better help somebody while you can. We don't know what condition we're going to be in tomorrow. If you got a moment to go by the rest home and give somebody a word of encouragement, you need to go. If you got a neighbor that's down and out, offer to mow their yard, offer to do something for them to the glory of God. In other words, you need to send up your timber right now. You don't never know what condition you're going to find yourself in. So why still light time in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let me get back. Verse number two, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents. Unthankful, my Lord. In other words, the prophecy is already here. And what we're seeing in the unthankfulness right now is what God already said was coming. Unholy, amen. And that's verse two, praise God. Saints of God, it is very hard to deal with an ungrateful person. It's very hard to deal with an ungrateful child. When I was studying this, I was thinking back to, to my parents. And I remember how we would work out in the garden diligently and, you know, we would can stuff to have stuff for coming up season. We always had some kind of complaint. Got to work in this garden, everybody else playing. You know, everybody going by, man, can you? No, nah, man, I can't. Got to put that hole in them weeds. We didn't understand. I didn't understand then. Bonnie, I, I, you probably didn't understand either. We didn't understand then that they were teaching us a principle. A principle for being thankful for what God is doing for you. That he gave you a piece of dirt. He gave you earth and he gave you a seed that you can put seed down in the earth. Seed time. Harvest time that you won't never run out of food. To God be the glory. Didn't have a lot of money, but had everything we ever needed. Go out and cut down a tree so you have heat during the winter. And then we would complain when you had dry beans and you had maybe a piece of fat back sometime for dinner and a homemade biscuit. And you sit there and have the audacity. Some people say, you know what, I don't want that. And how you would get a tongue lashing. We would get a tongue lashing and say, listen, there's people out here that don't have anything. And you ought to be thankful for what God is doing for you. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. For God is good. But oftentimes what I think about is I think about um, how we might be upset with our children. Our parents got upset with us. But more importantly, we are children of God. How does God look upon us when we complain, when we murmur? when we are not thankful for what God is doing for us in our lives. I take you to Luke chapter 6 and verse 35 in closing. Verse 35 reads, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. What I'm reading here is Jesus' is teaching. It goes contrary to my flesh and contrary to my natural mind. My natural mind and my flesh says, you do something to me, I do it to you. If you're my enemy, I don't fool with you. But listen to what it says of the character of God, whom we say dwell on the inside. It says, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. Oh, my Lord, I want to be a child of the highest, a child of God. If I'm a child of God, I'm telling you, he has everything that I need. And it says of the highest, for he is, listen, kind 
unto the unthankful, and he's kind to the evil. I call that grace. I'm not even deserving of what God does for me on a daily basis. What he done on yesterday, yesteryears, and what he has planned for me in the future in the area of prophecy. I'm not worthy, but yet he says that through the blood of the precious lamb that I am made worthy. No longer does he look at me as an ungrateful chap, but he looks at me as a child who's been dipped down in the precious blood of the lamb. Uh, he looks at me no longer as a filthy, dirty rag, but he looks at me as an entity of the church body of Christ. And he is going to come back and be married continually unto the bride. Therefore, Lord, help me to rejoice. I struggle with rejoicing, but Paul didn't give us an option. Paul say, gave us a command that we ought to rejoice. That means exceedingly high. The Christian doesn't have any business walking around depressed. You ought to not see me all bent over and can't talk. You ain't seen me for two or three Sundays in a row because depression done got a hold of me. Because anybody that's been dipped down in the blood of the precious Lamb of God, anybody that has been filled with the Holy Ghost, anybody that not a one-time feeling but a steering of the Holy, I don't know about you, but I don't come to church for no reason. I come to church to get a word from the Lord. I didn't come for just a show of fashion. I came to hear the singing and the songs of Zion. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear a song, especially those of the old days, it does something on the inside of me. It stirs me up. It reminds me. It does not matter what condition I'm in. It does not matter what my circumstances is. I know God is still in control of my life. And because of that reason, I can still rejoice. I can still get up in the morning. I got a few bills, got a few sicknesses, but I declare God is still a healer in a sick land. First John chapter 1 and 9 says you ought to confess your sins. And it says that he is just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I had to confess unto the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not praying like I need to pray. But what I'm finding out is this book says pray without ceasing. And that means in the Greek, pray as one that has a chronic cough. In other words, when you get a bad cough, you can't stop it. A cough drop don't work. Come on, Theraflu don't work. And that's the way that we ought to pray. We ought to pray while we're in the car. We ought to pray when we get up. We ought to pray when we lay down. We ought to pray when we eat. We ought to pray while we're at work. We ought to pray going and coming. We ought to pray in the country. We ought to pray in the city. We ought to pray when things are going well. And we ought to pray when things are not going well. We ought to pray in the valley, in the shadow of death. We ought to keep on praying. Help me to be thankful in everything. Well, I had to grow up. I'm still growing because I didn't understand it, but I, I was listening to the songs. I was listening to the poems. Lord, thanks in everything. Huh. 
All things, the Roman writers say, work together for the good. God, I want to thank you for that spasm that I had in my neck. Boy, I done lost my mind now. But what the spasm did was cause me to call on the name of the Lord when nobody else could help me. Lord, I want to thank you today that I've got more bills going out than I got money coming in. Because now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my God is a provider. I don't know how he done it, but it seems to carry me month in and month out. But if he dropped manna out of heaven and fed 5,000, surely he can feed my family. I come to give God some praise in this place today. Thank you, Lord. While I'm in everything, while I'm in the hospital, I ought to thank him. Why is that? Because when the great physician shows up in the house, something miraculous begins to happen. When the doctors say, I don't know what's wrong with you, when the doctors say, ain't nothing I can do further, but you need to call the family in. I come by today to tell you, you need to call the great physician. When nobody else can do anything, call on the name of Jesus. I'm grateful today to be among the living testimonies that you hear people start to stand up and, and tell about what God has done for them. You don't even understand the power of what you're testifying to. You're letting everybody else know that when nobody else could help me, God stepped in. Sister, I love you. I love your spirit on you. Because you said I was dealing with an aneurysm. And said, but when they came back and they looked on the x-ray, when they pulled up the CT scan, they couldn't see anything. My God, my God, showed up and showed out. To God be the glory, and we love you. To God be the glory. Lord, help us not to complain. I don't quite see like I used to see. I don't quite walk like I used to walk. Things are growing a little dimmer. The enemy's trying to bring projections that my life is just about over. But I come today to let you know it just began. My death, your death, those of us who die in the Lord are just merely transferring into everlasting life. Jesus said, when I come back, I bring my reward with me. I believe that because that's what the word of God tells me. If your heart is heavy today, and maybe you're not praying like you used to pray. Because when trials and tribulations come, sometimes we don't pray like we need to pray. But there's one that abides inside of me. I acknowledge him as the Holy Spirit. And he prompts us. I want to petition us to come to the altar, those who desire to come to the altar. And if you would come bringing your burden unto the Lord and not unto man, I believe that you'll turn away with a lighter load where you come. Sickness, disease does not last always. Bless you, sister. God bless you. Where you come.
He has promised. It is true. Come join us in person. Sunday school service begins at 9 a.m. with worship service starting at 10 a.m. We also have Wednesday Bible study at noon and 6.30 p.m. We are located at 248 Tournament Drive, Concord, North Carolina, 28025. Our phone number is 704-786-1215. We would love for you to join us in person. God bless.